Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast, brought to you by Spartan Forge. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love America. Fall is upon us, and there's no better way to get fueled up before hunt than with some Black Rifle Coffee. Coffee legitimately tastes better after a day in the woods or after a successful hunt. Fuel your next adventure and purchase at www.blackriflecoffee.com and use code ANTLER at checkout to save 20% off your purchase and or with your first coffee club subscription, Black Rifle Coffee. Also, just want to say a big thank you to our partners over at America's Best Bowstrings, hand-built in the USA since 2006. Amazing customer service, awesome quality and performance. Their Platinum Series strings are what we all run on our bows. We absolutely love them. Go and create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. Before we get into this episode, let's thank our partners over at Shea Butler Knives. And Shea makes custom everyday carry knives with the Rhino and Pursuit. His Ranger and Whitetail and Featherlight knives are amazing for anything, but especially out in the field. Shea's creativity, high quality materials, functional but unique designs, coupled with his precise leather work, make products that will last a lifetime. Check them out over at SheaButlerKnives.com. Our friends over at Half Rack just released some awesome gear and they were great enough to give our listeners 10% off their order. All you have to do is click on the link in the podcast bio or the link on our link tree on Instagram and that will give you your percentage off at checkout. So get some of the highest quality hunting and outdoor accessories that will help you prosper in the field. Half Rack is aiming to be mindful of the past, conservation conscious and evolve into the future. Thanks to our partners over at Tether. Tether makes premium saddle gear by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. They just dropped some new gear like the MVP, which can turn your saddle into a two panel or just a more rigid back support and also some new suspenders. So if your saddle tends to sag, grab a pair and both items are retrofitted. So it doesn't matter what saddle or brand you have, they're going to work. Check them out at tethernation.com. Forged in combat and tailored for hunters, Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly innovative and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can now take Spartan Forge with you wherever you go by downloading the mobile app. Enjoy deer prediction analysis, weather forecasts, historical data, detailed journaling, as well as crisp maps. It's time for you to make the most of your season and let Spartan Forge do that for you. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20%. Check it out over at SpartanForge.ai. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Antler Up Podcast. We are on episode 99, and today's episode is brought to you by Spartan Forge. And Dimitri and I, we were joined by our buddy Jim D'Agostino to share his opening PA rifle story where he was able to fill two doe tags. Then Dimitri and I talk about a buck that we have had history with for the last three seasons, from trail cam photos to archery season encounters. The book on this buck was closed on Saturday morning with Dimitri's dad getting a chance to take him. 
Lastly, we touch upon some of my very uneventful weekend stories. And also, just wanted to let you know real quick that on Friday, we're going to make a post about our big giveaway for our 100th episode that will be next week. Thank you, everybody. Enjoy this fun episode. Antler up. Uh, garage band. Shooting from the hip, huh? <laughs> Dude, literally. <laughs> I've been strutting around my house like John Wayne. <laughs> Doing like pow pow. <laughs> uh, unbelievable most luck, luckiest thing of all time uh, so all right so it's dimitri myself and jim's on the other line calling in jim finally got a chance to to kill something this past weekend uh congrats to you buddy on that one yeah thanks it's been a long season i'm excited just to get meat in the freezer oh man I know Dimitri and I were sitting here enjoying some of my brother's deer meat and some crackers and stuff. And <laughs> it just sucks that, I mean, good. I'm glad I get to save. It's my, my brother's deer because this is the first time he's ever killed a deer, but it's kind mm-hmm. of like still bittersweet. Cause I wish it was my deer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, there's still time. It's we're in like hail Mary time, but yeah. it's, it's still possible. I still think too. One of my, I do enjoy going out for that late season bow just because I, I hunt different areas where I know, you know, some people give me access to hunt their property. So it's, you know, different, but I enjoy doing that. Yep. That'd be quite an accomplishment. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't know many people that really have actually taken a buck specifically cool. in late season with the bow. That yeah. would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. I don't, I never, I haven't shot a buck, but I've shot a couple doe during that time. Mm-hmm. Dimitri's usually tagged up. <laughs> no, I mean, I never really bow hunted much the late season just because it was so cold, but definitely have taken the flintlocks out and I've actually never got one with a flintlock, but uh, it's a fun time, but it's usually so dang cold out yeah, that no. time. I mean, it's just frigid. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure it's hard to even draw the bow. Yeah. I want I, real quick, Jim. Before I know you, you're limited on time, and I want you to tell your story. One of the first years that I started hunting with Dimitri, his dad, and uh, it was during that flintlock, and he, his dad, you weren't even hunting. It was his dad and a friend. They were out just like walking around down below of some public land, and with the flintlock, and I was in a ladder stand, and when I was up, Greg was like, "Yeah, just we'll we'll walk, we'll check this out, we'll push you, and all that type of stuff." <laughs> it was literally like four degrees. I just remember being so cold. And like you said, Jim, if you, you're lucky, even if you're able to pull, pull the bow back, which I never did that day, but yeah. Well, <laughs> well I think the hard thing about the, the late season is if you don't have a good food source, it, it right. makes it tough. You know, where we hunt is, is all mountain and, uh, you know, the deer are pretty pressured, so they're not going to, and if it's cold, they're not going to, and then the snow's deep, they're not going to move very far. Right. So, you know, if you can't find whether there's a food source or something that they're hitting midday when they're trying to get warm and, and finding food, it gets pretty tough. So, you know, it's just depending on what you have available and where you hunt. Yeah, you, you hear a lot of these guys talk about second and, and third um, food sources. I mean, where we hunt, it's all second and third food sources. The primary food sources are far away from <laughs> where we hunt. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's tough to get on them, and it's even tougher as the the, the season gets deeper and deeper and colder and colder. So, yeah. 
Oh, well, let's talk about your uh, successful uh, little doe tag day. Yeah, it was kind of, I know, I know it's just a doe tag day, but it was like kind of symbolic in the way that like everything kind of went down. So I guess we'll get started like Sunday, uh, well, Saturday opening day. This is my first year back in my family's hunting club. I took like a five year uh, drought, well, actually seven, no, seven year drought because, uh, you know, I went away to college and whatnot and just got life happened and got into other things. And, and our club is, you know, um, it's only 15 members and you have to be, there's a certain like waiting process to get in and get out. So once I gotten out, I kind of was stuck on a waiting list for a while and finally was accepted back in. So now that I'm back in, uh, the first place that I wanted to go was, uh, my grandfather always sat under this old pine tree at the very peak of the mountain at the, like the top, well, I call it the peak of the mountain, but it's the, the highest elevation point on that property that we have access to. So, um, and it's right at the edge of like a bedding area. There's, he, he's looking down into like this, it's like a, a bowl. We call it the kettle. Cause it's like, it's like a, like a, like a, like a coffee kettle is like what it looks like. So you're looking down into this bowl and it's just a wall of laurel bushes that butts up against like a big, like acorn patch. So it's a nice transition point from like, you know, two different terrain features, but, um, it gets really thick, but then opens up to like some nice hardwoods. Like I said, where acorns and things are. So food sources, open hardwoods, butted up against bedding area, really nice spot. And typically there's a ton of rubs and scrapes that surround that, which makes sense because the bucks are constantly circling and, you know, scent checking that bedding area. So now, now that you have the lay of the land, yep. uh, opening day. Um, I bumped a couple of deer kind of walking in. Um, I didn't really, it was still too dark yet to see like what they were, but you could hear them. They didn't blow at me or anything, but, um, you know, I, you know, as as they caught my wind, I seen tails go up, um, later on in the day, uh, I had one, one deer come out of that bedding area. I put the scope up and naturally it's a spike buck, so (laughs) can't shoot him. Uh, so I had to watch him walk out of my life. That's what you uh, uh, have now. been encountering a lot up until that point, wasn't it? Dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they need to change the rule just for like one day. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not bashful. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, Spike Buck had to let him walk. And that was it for my opening day. There wasn't a lot of shooting. And uh, even in the surrounding mountains, I, you know, you can count basically, you know, on one hand, how many shots that you really heard throughout the day. Yeah. Which was, which is odd. So naturally it's kind of how the season's been going. It's been a grind. Um, but I felt more confident waking up on Sunday morning because we woke up to some snow and hunting in the snow is always fun. So I get out, um, again, sat under my grandfather's old tree, uh, pine tree, which, you know, every morning when I go out, when I go out there and sit there, it's kind of like, you know, I kind of feel like I'm sitting with him again. Like I was a kid, he was like, you know, my main mentor taught me everything that I know. He's the reason why I hunt. So it was kind of, really nice to just touch, be back at home and be back under that tree and do the whole thing. So as, <clears throat> as the morning rolls on, finally I could, I could see like the snow falling off of like the laurel bushes, right? Cause everything's kind of snow covered and I'm like, okay, something's moving through the woods finally. Right. Uh, so about four, four deer, I think there was a fifth, never really got like a good look at it, but 
four for sure poke out of this thing. I just see bodies moving through the trees. So I get the gun up. I'm head checking. Doe, 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 doe. Okay. Naturally, the first thing that you do is find a good, like, you know, rest somewhere to like set the gun steady and pick out what I thought was one of the bigger, one of the bigger ones out of that pile and ring a shot off. I see in my scope immediately that doe falls, like piles up instantly. <clears throat> then the chaos breaks loose. So the rest <laughs> of the, the the rest of the little mini herd kind of like just scatter. And naturally they don't know where I am or, you know, where the shot came from or, or, or whatnot. So all they know is that one of their buddies just got like whacked. So <laughs> these don't take off and they're running literally right at me, like right at the tree. And so, so fast that it was literally, it felt like a split second, but it was probably just, it was probably even faster than that. It was like light speed. Like the next thing I know I turn, I'm looking, I'm trying to get these deer in the scope for another shot at another doe. And it's, they're too fast. Like I just can't get them. It's like rabbits. So <laughs> after I dropped the gun and again, this is all like in a, like a fraction of a second, I dropped the gun down to try to like eyeball them to try to get, figure out where, what's, what's going on. And one doe is like 30 feet from me at this point. So I swing around the, to the one side of the pine tree. As I did that, she sees me swing. So she leaps. And as she's midair leaping on an angle, I crack a shot off from the hip with my <laughs> bolt action 30. <laughs> and I hit her dead center square, square in the, like in the side, like center mass. Perfect. And she piles right up five feet from the pine tree. And okay. I just kind of just sat there and like, <laughs> I dropped down to my knees and I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, did, you know, did that just happen? And that's was like a second later. Uh, I started texting uh, the guys in our little group chat and then, and then I you know, I'd FaceTimed you and I was like, dude, you're not going to believe this. You're going to have to. <laughs> and I showed you like the scene of the crime <laughs> and uh, it was just the luckiest, most unbelievable, like, you know, a few seconds that I've ever had the deer woods. I mean, again, it was only doe and that doe in particular was the smaller of the doe, but she's going to eat just as good. Yeah, and that was one of the coolest like little shots that I've ever had on an animal. So, well, yeah, you go, like you said, man, what a trying season. And you go from no deer to two in a matter of seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, to, to round out the whole, you know, uh, meaningful part of the whole thing is that, you know, I did this is my first year back in my home, club where I shot my first year the first time I was ever in the woods even prior to being able to carry I did it under my my grandfather's old spot under his tree it was it was kind of like you know I I can almost I talked to my dad afterwards and I was like I could definitely see he's he was definitely smiling down because yeah. you know I put on quite a show <laughs> for him right on his right in his very spot and uh you know I I ended up you know that deer I didn't even have to move I went and got the other one and drag drug her up and, you know, cleaned both deer right there under the tree and just kind of took my time and made a nice morning out of it, Heck tagging yeah. the deer and, and whatnot. So it was just that to me, it was so perfect that the hunting season for me almost kind of ended that way because it's been such a grind. Yeah. So it just felt so good to, you know, bring things full circle. This is why we do it. We do it to eat meat, bring it home to our families and to you know, touch that special spot in our hearts with, you know, in the sport. So it was just, 
it, it really, I needed it mentally <laughs> to get back on track, but it just worked out really nice. I think what's, what's fascinating too about it though, Jim, is you go ahead and you get those doe tags because you normally hunt in that unit in different land, but you, like you said, you had the opportunity to get to be a member again. So it falls into mm-hmm. that same, you know, unit for where you already had doe tags. So what the heck? And you went yeah. in that spot and it worked out. Yeah, definitely. I, I typically, well, in the in, in recent years, I've been hunting a lot of public land in that same area because I'm familiar with that mountain and I've always ventured off, off that club grounds to the public side of the mountain. So uh, again, like to your point, I always get tags for up there just to have them and never know what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, it, it worked out. It's couldn't, couldn't ask for a better day. Yeah. Now what, uh, what do you, uh, what's coming up this week? I know I can't make it, uh, <sighs> this week, this week's going to be awesome. It's, it'll be my first time since, uh, childhood also, again, maybe another, this could be another, this could be like the season for like the first, uh, historical happenings or something, you know, I don't know. Cherry's being popped <laughs> in many different ways. <laughs> I'm being reborn as a hunter, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're going up, you're going up North oh, yeah. in Pennsylvania somewhere. Yeah. We're going nor- Northern. Yeah. North, North, Northern Pennsylvania, um, to hunt some, some game lands and do some deer drives like the good old days. There's going to be somewhere in the in the vicinity of 15 to 20 of us total. So it's going to be awesome, man. Orange Army's getting back after it. I haven't done something like that in a long time. So it's going to be fun and great group of guys, like just like from the you know same people from Total Archery Challenge. Yeah. Bill thinks he's the only person that hunts that area. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Like it's yeah, some secret true. spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Dude, I, I could still... I could still, my, my dad still tells me stories of like me back in the heyday when they used to stack deer, like cords of wood, like on the back of like trailers and shit up there. They yeah. was just hammer deer. Well, even that Brandon Mills, when we had him on, he, his dad has property up in that. Yeah. He just shot a doe up there this weekend. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. That's yeah. probably like deer <sighs> 10. But I mean, him. the woods are so big and the mountains are so big up there. I mean, there's a lot <laughs> yep. of people in a lot of camps, but I mean, there's a lot of room to spread out. So. Yeah. And I hear, and it, I mean, I haven't been up there in years, but from what I remember and from what I've been hearing from people too, is that it's, it's a lot of it's really open timber. Like they said, you could take some serious long shots, like compared to what you, like the three of us are used to. Yep. I've never been in that area. And so I'm excited to when hopefully we get a chance to go up there sometime and yeah, just Dude, don't, don't shoot an elk. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, uh, yeah. Speaking three, of three points on a side. Yeah. Three right. Points on a side. <laughs> hey, speaking of like elk and fascinating things, I tried to find it and I saw it on a, a Facebook group post and I've been, I looked maybe one other time cause a student asked me about it. Did you guys see the individual that shot a red stag? Like a red stag got loose from some, you know, uh, I don't know. You, you know, uh, farm or something like that and literally a hunter was in it was in like real thick stuff this was actually like middle early uh, october and the guy was like oh my gosh that looks like the biggest deer whatever and he shot it and like got the game commission all involved and he like he he was fine like he didn't get in trouble at all Hmm. so i don't i don't know and like the guy like reading it the guy was like even saying he's like i didn't even have to use my my buck tag (laughs) And it was like this monster. Oh it was a stag. I don't um, know. I don't think it would go that way, Jim, if you shot an elk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to not do that. 
<laughs> I mean, first of all, how do you? How does that guy not like identify the target? Like how, that doesn't even make sense. I know. Apparently, there was they're a, not like, even remotely the same animal. There was a tragedy <laughs> somewhere, I guess, over the weekend. Someone getting shot and killed. And are you kidding? No, I don't. I've, it I've, happens every year. It's sad. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, you see, then you see people like that's why I don't go out during rifle season. And yeah. dude, so last year down my way um, on on the game lands near one of the lakes that I actually hunt um, that I've hunt, well, that I've hunted in the past. Um, there was a kid that was down there just hiking around with his girlfriend and took a bullet and lost his life from a hunter. Yikes. The guy that was out bear hunting. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I, I mean, where I live is it's, it's private close to the houses, but then, you know, at a short distance, it becomes public ground on the edge of my mm-hmm. property. You know, and you worry. I even told my wife, I said, uh, you know, I, I don't think Saturday I'd be playing downstairs. You yeah. know, maybe hang out upstairs. Mm-hmm. You just never know, right? Yeah. You know, and yep. uh, like today she, she texted me a picture of some guy, you know, our, we live on a dirt road and, you know, it's pretty much a highway uh, during hunting season. And uh, mm-hmm. there was some guy in all orange just walking up the road real creepy. And, you know, she's sending me Snapchats and, and it's like, hey, this guy is like, barely able to stand up like you know he's creeping me out he's stopping at the end of our driveway and uh mm-hmm. it was funny she she texted me man is the orange army weird yeah. not, yeah. such a proud husband at that point <laughs> she's using yeah. that terminology but you know yeah. i said well it only it only lasts two weeks but uh you know and i think there's a few guys that i mean maybe more than a few but give rifle season a bad yeah. rap and you know we have to deal with it but you know, kind of like Jim was saying, I mean, there's so much tradition and I feel like our generation is kind of those people that started out as still rifle was the tradition right. and getting together. And that was the big yep. thing. And, you know, as we grew up, we, we started to dabble into archery a little bit more, but until we kind of, you know, got a little bit older and we were still kids, but that's when archery became a little bit more mainstream, I would say, and more yeah. popular. So, you know, it's it's kind of nice, even though we enjoy archery a lot more than rifle season. It's like Jim said, there's those memories, right? You go out and you think, oh, I remember this and remember this during rifle season. And, you know, my dad yep. and I were out hanging stands and, you know, we're, we're telling stories of when we got bucks back in rifle season, you know. So, you know, a lot of those yep. things full circle and, you know, you got to deal with some crap sometimes from other hunters and, you know, but there is some good, good to it as well. So, you know, I think rifle seasons, gets a bad reputation, but there's also good that can be involved as well. Yeah. 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 Rifle season will always have a special place in my heart. I mean, archery is like the, like the rest of us here is, is my main passion and drive. Um, and my favorite time of weather, weather patterns and things like that. But, but, uh, but, but rifle will always have a special place just cause that's where it all began. Yeah. I like that, Jim. And I think too, I know you got to go, but kind of like Demetri, what you said about the traditions and Jim, you're going to hang out with the guys for your first time doing that. And Demetri and I hope that maybe next year we could time it where, you know, we could, we could come out. I know Bill offered it to us and greatly appreciate that just with days off and, uh, other family stuff going on. Obviously I, I won't be able to swing it and stuff, but you know, there's always next year. 
there is always next year. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's put in a ton of time. Um, I can't even believe that I was even blessed. To let, my wife allowed me to go out for this last couple of days. Um, so uh, I'm thankful. So yeah, hopefully we can get, you know, the more the merrier. I mean, that's the other beauty yeah. of rifle season too, is that you could have pile as many guys together as you'd like. I mean, everyone has to has a fair shake. Yep. Um, so like it's, it. it's going to be a good time for sure. Sweet, but, dude. uh, and I guess, I guess to round out what I was saying, uh, before with the, you know, we made some really good points about, you know, safety and, and some tragedies and things that's happened with the rifle season and, uh, <laughs> circling back to my whole John Wayne, uh, hip shot <laughs> thing. Um, you know, I'm not within, uh, several thousand of, of, uh, yards from any other hunter I know on that property. And we all discuss before we go out where everyone's going to be and things like that. So. I kind of have like the free reign to kind of make shots like that if if it ever came up. So, you know, I just wanted to point that out that, you know, I still know my surroundings and <laughs> I, I don't want to catch too much crap on social media because, you know, we were just talking about bad things happening. Here I am just shooting from the head, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Bro. It was self-defense. So, yeah. Yeah, self. It, it literally almost was. That, that was my dad's first comment, actually, Dimitri. That's funny. He was <laughs> like, "He's like, yeah, technically that's self defense. I mean, the deer was gonna, almost going to attack you. So, yeah, I mean, it was only right." Then you get the uh, anti hunters at sheets. Oh, dude, yeah. So, I that was the other thing. I stopped at a gas station on the way home with my two deer in, in the back of the truck, and uh, due to the, you know, I don't have all the equipment to, you know. Um, Process. butcher my deer process my deer fully i because i don't have a grinder that's really the missing piece the puzzle but so i uh, called around and a lot of the butcher shops and things in my area weren't open so i had to, you know i was gonna hang the deer up and put them on ice so i stopped at the gas station away home got a couple of bags of ice and uh i had my uh you know some of my camo gear still on i had my orange vest was still on my orange hat and you know whatever so it was clear that like you know where, where i was so I go into the gas station and I'm standing there with my couple of bags of ice in my hand. And there's a lady in front of me and she kind of keeps giving me, turning back and giving me dirty looks. It's her and another lady keep giving me these dirty looks. And, uh, they purposely take their time to check out. And to the point where the guy in the behind the counter was like, Hey, uh, you know, there's someone holding, you know, ice and he's behind you. And she like kind of said to the guy, she's like, Oh, he could wait. He's one of those Bambi killers. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kind of like snickered and I was like, oh, whatever. Okay. You know, I like, didn't pay it any, any mind or whatever. And then, uh, she kind of looked at me and was like, you know, that's not funny. And I was like, well, what's not funny. And she's like, you know, you, you know, you go out and kill these animals for sport and like made some other kind of snarky comment like that. And I just said, lady, I don't have the time or the energy right now to even answer that question or deal with you. So, you know, I appreciate it if you just like have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I try to like, you know, killer with kindness kind of thing. Yeah. And she, it was true. I was exhausted from the day and I just was trying to get home and get my deer iced. And, but as she went home I and just, ate a hamburger, that's, <laughs> what I, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's kind of, I mean, we could have, we can went round and round for hours with, with people like that. But I, that's why I sent you guys those picture pictures in our group, group chat, because at the end of the day, you know, we do this for ourselves and for our families and, you know, it was nice to come home. My, my wife and my kid had been, you know, coloring or something or whatever and made some like little, you know, congratulations, daddy signs and put it on the doorway when I came in. So it was kind of, you know, they're, they're the, they're my little team that roots for me. So, and they love to eat, eat this meat and cherish the deer that I kill, whether it's a giant buck or a little buck or a little doe or whatever, you know, we eat it all the same. So, yep. you know, 
the hell with the anti hunters. Yeah, you got the color coloring photos. I got the uh, every time you leave, you don't even see anything. You don't even shoot anything. Why do you even go? That's what I got, dude. That, dude, that was me all season two. So. <laughs> oh, I'm like Nora's. Like I would have shot him. I'm like, yeah, I know you would have. I should have had you come, kid. Yeah. <laughs> My wife even asked me. She's like, every time you open your phone on Instagram or you're texting somebody someone's always have has some sort of picture of some deer that they killed yeah. and she's like why do you torture yourself and i'm like you know i don't know why i don't know why i look at these things i like i'm happy for my buddies but like i scroll through instagram and i see all these giant bucks and stuff and i'm like literally struggling to just even like get get a a doe in range right how about it? but so i couldn't like i said i couldn't be couldn't be happier to finally fill the freezer and uh, maybe get a chance at a at a buck here uh this upcoming weekend if not hey that's it is what it is. That's why they call it hunting, not killing. You're going to pound one. That's what, you know, it's, <laughs> you, you, this is what you wanted. You're like, actually, I really hope I don't shoot a, a buck because I want to shoot one with the guys <laughs> up there. So you set up a bitch, you, yeah. you, you shot your, your doe and you know, you might have a chance. It, w- it would be an unbelievable rifle season. If I shot two doe in my home ground and then go out to my other, you know, old stomping yeah. grounds and, and bag a buck. I mean, it would just be too bad. You didn't have more, more tags on you because then you and Bill could have had like a little, uh, (laughs) challenge yourselves, you know, I'm telling you, well, actually Billy's Billy's still has me beaten. I I think we might have the similar number of tags between, you know, we went to Delaware. That was six tags, which now is in a soup bowl. And, uh, I, I have New York tags for myself. So I might, I don't know how I'm going to be able to pull this off. That'd be another Hail Mary if I can get up to New York for the uh, muzzleloader season, but we'll see. Yeah, that'd be cool, actually. It would well, be cool. All right, dude. Well, if you're uh, anything else, yeah, you, you boys want... have have you boys have a good uh, bullhorn chat. Yeah, we're I'm gonna, gonna uh, go to bed. Get back to the family. Get back yeah, to go to bed. Go to bed and uh, <laughs> go work your overtime. Yeah, yeah so you go, go check on the deer. The deer's still <laughs> hanging out back, so I'm gonna go make sure that the the coyotes and stuff didn't get at them yet. Yeah. All right, dude. So, all right, man. We'll catch you. Yep. Later. Later. It is time for this week's Vortex Nation highlight. Master your emotions. So, before you head to the woods with your bow or your gun, you have spent or should have spent some time behind your equipment practicing, taking thousands or hundreds or with a ammo shortage right now, maybe a few shots try and challenge yourself to put some pressure on a specific shot make a shot have a meaning behind it so that you can master your your emotions in the heat of a kill shot know that you made that shot plenty of times and get comfortable being uncomfortable so relax focus on your target and trust yourself now go make that shot uh man so he was successful your dad had crushed the story for us yeah, I mean, he he kind of put the end to it. So That's cool, though. Yeah, I mean, I was super excited for him. It was, yeah. you know, I'll kind of go into it a little bit and then kind of backtrack. But, you know, he, I, I wasn't really going out early because, you know, and, and that's typically what I do just because I don't want to pressure anything, you know, the first hour if I have my, my buck down. So basically what I do is, you know, the days leading up, to, I'll help people put some stands up and then... um 
I just love be hanging out and, yeah. you know, I love having my deer in archery and, and kind of being the cart guy is what I call myself. So <laughs> just waiting around for someone to give me a call that they put one down and then, you know, bring the, me wheeling the cart down to try to, to help them just because where we're at, you know, we can't have a four wheeler. Or, so it's usually a long drag. So, um, you know, the cart's the savior, which is a lot of fun. And I love doing that part more than actually killing a deer myself. So, uh, so I, I just kind of hung around the house and, you know, kind of had breakfast and had it easy for most people. But, uh, and I got out there and I got to a stand right on the, the end edge of our property, just kind of where I was close to the house and, and, um, I heard my dad shoot and then, you know, I'll get back into the story, but I got down there and as we walked up on the steer, as soon as I saw his rack, I said, I know exactly what deer that is which is kind of odd for where we hunt oh my gosh yeah um especially once that rifle season goes on i mean the deer get so jumbled and pushed and And the fact that this sucker has survived at least four yeah so i'll I'll get into that at the end but uh so um the backtrack is you know probably three years ago it was three years ago i was doing a lot of different scouting and that's kind of Probably, you know, I've always got into it, you know, as far as podcasts, but I've really, you know, probably I'd say the last five years I've really developed my hunting skills. And, you know, I think a lot of the outlets out there is YouTube and and podcasts and really teaching you as far as scouting. And, you know, and that's what kind of led us to wanting to do the podcast as well is just really changing and becoming a better hunter. Like I felt like I, you know, I've always grown up and learned, but I think now I've you know, the learning own. is really yeah. growing and I'm starting to, you know, you feel like you're starting to figure it out. You never figure it out, but you feel like you've gained enough knowledge where you're putting things together and it's mm-hmm. working out. But so probably three years ago where I hunt, I, you know, we kind of had our spots where we historically knew we're pretty good. And, but then what happened is, is they actually, uh, clear cutted the uh the the piece that we hunt so it kind of changed how the deer move so you know there was a couple years where we weren't seeing as much as we normally did and um knew that the deer patterns were changing so we kind of had to figure things out differently so you know three years ago i it was after the season um i think i got yeah i got a buck and and rifle that year on a different piece of property um so after the season uh, I wanted to go in there and really kind of uh, scout it out and kind of map out, uh, you know, where I saw a deer sign and maybe kick some out. And I think it was about March when I went in there. And uh, so I went in there and I really uh, was just putting boots on the ground and I was just mapping out the ridges and, and kind of uh, pinpointing areas. I, I kicked out probably eight to 10 deer in one area. Um, and then we ended up putting a camera there, which was historically good, um, the next year. Uh, but then I also was, you know, even pinpointing some trees that were probably good stand locations that I thought of based off the sign that I was seeing. And I was kind of working my way back in this one bedding area when it's pretty thick laurel. And, um, there was like an old logging, not quite a logging road, but they probably uh, took some sort of small machinery through there while they were logging. Um, and I was kind of taking that just cause it was easy walking and I looked down and I almost stepped on it and it actually was a shed and it was actually my first shed that I've ever found 
actually looking for one out out yeah usually maybe stumble upon one turkey hunting or maybe have done that once or twice but this was the actually time i was looking for sign and sheds and actually stumbled upon one and it was a pretty nice four point side small basket yep. you know but um for our area not not bad right? right exactly something that we would never pass up <laughs> no. so i figured it was probably a two two and a half year old at the time that last year so um so i was all excited about that you know kind of piecing things together on this piece of ground and um figuring it out of where the deer were bedding so really learning and developing how this played out uh on this land and that's kind of when you started hunting this piece as well exactly it's probably the exact time yep. so we've kind of you know we're hanging um that following summer we were changing where we were putting the the trail cameras and uh hanging we kind of hang a couple stands and and, yep. and kind of we're piecing this together and and uh we got some pretty nice bucks that year yeah, on, we did. on trail camera. I actually was, because I was going back looking at some of the photos we had of this specific buck, and I was going through some other ones. I'm going, holy cow. Like, there were some really nice, like that year, the mm -hmm. year that, that you're talking about, which was, you know, two and a half, three years ago, we did. We And we didn't get a lot. Mm -hmm. But the couple that we did get, they were really nice bucks. Yeah, I think the this buck and then they're in the summer pattern, there was a, this buck was a pretty nice eight point. And if you see the picture, he's, he, he's not real wide, mm -hmm. but his antlers almost go straight up. It's pretty yeah. unique buck. Um, once you see the antlers and, uh, so there was a bigger eight wider eight that was yes. hanging out with him. Exactly. Um, and I think there might've been like a spike or four point as well. There was three of them living on this mountain that summer and we were getting a ton of trail cam pictures yep. consistently uh of this buck and and the, the other ones as well and then um once the sh velvet shed we got a couple pictures and then it was kind of they were gone uh so we kind of had to change our strategy i think then we finally hung a, a cell camera up yeah we did that we got a couple pictures of them probably what in mid-september probably yeah um and then that camera kind of went cold it went very cold uh at that point i think there was like a six point or maybe a spike or a smaller buck yep. uh, that was transitioning through there where we thought they would be traveling and we kind of hunted that that top ridge a, a lot that early season into the like probably mid-october right with not seeing a lot and that no. was that was last year yep. which this buck would have been what I thought three and a half at the time. So he's a really nice eight point and three and a half, which is pretty, pretty good for the area we're hunting. Yes. You know, anytime you have a three and a half year old, no matter the size, that's pretty good trophy. If he made yeah. it three years through rifle yeah. season. I mean, just to real quick to backtrack, like not even to backtrack, but just to say the first time that I hunted rifle other than hunting rifle on a private club mountain where I normally grew up doing that, that was like my first experience doing that with you, just filling a doe tag. And I remember going to you, holy cow, like, are we safe? And you go, yeah, we're all right. Just because there were so many or like random oranges when we mm -hmm. would hit that. So for, again, a buck to survive to that three and a half to be a nice deer, is a, it's quite an accomplishment, really. Yeah, because pretty much anyone that, that hunts that whole mountain if it's legal, it's getting they're, shot. They're getting, they're yeah. putting it down, yeah. or at least trying to put it down. Right. And there's some guys up there that we know that 
throw some lead out there too. <laughs> so, so, uh, that's the kind of, this is how it is, exactly. you know, and, and that's why we're not very picky ourselves, you know, um, on that mountain. Cause you just never know. There's not a ton of deer and, you know, for them to age and get mature is very Gosh. unlikely. Yeah. So last year we got, I mean, we didn't see, a, I didn't see a mature buck until Halloween. Yep. And that was, um, Halloween day, it was going to be really cold last year. So I, I dove back into to this, um, basically probably within 50 yards of where I found the shed. So I said, I'm going to get back into this buck's bedroom. I'm going to kind of hang out on this bench and, and see if I can get him to transition uh, coming back, maybe a little bit later since there was that cold front coming through. So I sat there all day. Um, it was about, oh, man, it was about 930 and I still didn't see a deer, and I was like, man, I can't believe it. I mean, I was in a beautiful spot, never hunted it before. There was no pressure, and it was about probably 5 after 10. I finally looked up, and here came a six-point was coming along the ridge, and then it was with a spike behind it. And they came right along about 40 yards um, through some thick laurel, no shot on the six-point, probably would have shot them. Uh, but then they kind of worked to the ridge, Um which will kind of lead to my buck story next episode of, you know, why I transitioned over there. But, you know, and then those deer were hanging on that ridge. And then I saw another buck coming from the backside up over the hill. And here it was that eight point. So came to meet those three bucks. I had those three bucks about 60 yards from me, just over the ridge. I could just see their head. I remember filming them. Uh, got some footage of them. Actually, I think it was the six point and the eight point kind of sparred a little bit, uh, were fighting. And then eventually they kind of worked down just over the ridge, which is all laurel, which we've walked through before. And it's just thick, nasty laurel. And that's kind of where they bed. So I kind of knew that was kind of their bedding area and where the bucks were living. So as the first time I probably that I've ever figured out where, an actual mature buck lived and then try to strategically planned off of that. Um, so that was the first time I encountered him during the hunting season. Um, and then it wasn't till I think it was about the 7th or 8th of November. I was hunting after work. It was kind of yeah. getting to it. It was before our rutcation um, that year, but I was just going after work I got home probably about 4.15, and then a couple of days of the week, I had a stand out there that was pre-hung that I said, if I can get out there just for an hour, it's better than nothing. You yep. just never know what happened. And he actually, probably about a half hour before dark, I heard some does running down in the bottom, and then here he came chasing the does, um, came up over the hill. The does probably... They came about 38 yards because they ran through. I ranged them. I set my dial because I said if he does the exact same thing, I'll have a perfect shot. And he came up, and instead of coming the exact same path, he tried to cut the does off, so he went a little bit further. And uh, so that was kind of the second time I encountered this buck, and he was at about 50, 54, no shot, uh, obviously, and then just ran him off, um, and then eventually it got dark. Yep. And then – uh, during our rotation, we were in a different location that we just, there was a hot dough in there for a couple of days and we were just seeing crazy action, which we talked about before on here. Uh, so we didn't really go in there until, 
Um, it was Sunday morning. Uh, it was going to rain. Yes, it did. Uh, yep. We were going to go to church that day, so, even though we could hunt. So, but I I went in there for the first hour. Um, so I got in that same pre-hung stand that was a week before that I encountered him. Uh, I saw a deer probably about mm, 30 minutes before or after light uh, down in the bottom. And here it was him again. He was just kind of cruising that bottom looking for those does again. And then uh, about 10 minutes later, there was a doe and two fawns working the ridge probably about 25 yards from me. And then he kind of spotted those does, started coming up over the hill. And then, uh, then I had a smaller six point kind of cut him off, which was really weird. And then he didn't kind of want to shoo him off. So I don't know if that doe wasn't hot and he just kind of scent checked her and he was like, no, I'm, I'm just backing off because the wind wasn't blowing that direction yeah. at all. Um, and then the six point proceeded to kind of go after the doe and push her around a little bit, but he just kind of jetted down off. So that was kind of, uh, the next experience I had with this this deer, and then that night, same night, we or no, it was the next day. It was that Monday. It was the last day of our rutcation. The spot that was hot that we we kind of cooled off in the morning. We didn't see much. No, we didn't. So we went back to this location in the afternoon, kind of our last sit of the archery season. Hail Mary. Uh, I kind of went to the opposite side of the ridge, and then my dad and you went down into that bottom where he was and you encountered him probably early that afternoon yes yeah so that was it was and he was up top and i just remember because i was down below and i just saw a nice big buck coming right across and that's when i was like uh greg be ready (laughs) because he's running your way because he was chasing two doe and i just Mm -hmm. remember just seeing a, a tall big white rack just running through that laurel and then they came were coming literally right at me and then i saw the i saw him i didn't see the doe until the doe just made like a total l mm-hmm. and once i i saw them make that l he made that l and i watched him run on over and i just remember going all right <laughs> time that by the yeah. time you know i would walk up i mean I'd be shocked if something else came down and I just waited until the kind of towards that last light till I met up with your dad. And I mean, I don't know. I can't remember if he saw him. He he did see him that night. He, he heard him running through after you saw him Yep. and it was probably about a half hour before dark and he saw him running at a distance. He actually grunted a couple times yeah. and, and the buck ran right to him and there was a little bit of a, like a lip uh, before like a ditch yeah. Um, while he was sitting. So he, the buck kind of ran through the ditch and then came up on the lip, uh, which was only about 20 yards from him, but the buck was facing him frontal shot. Uh, and my dad was about to draw, but he didn't want to take that shot um, and didn't have a dr- opportunity to draw because the, as soon as he got up on that lip, he was looking right at my dad at 20 yards. So there was no shot opportunity. So he had an encounter with him as well. Yeah. Um, and then that was kind of the end of our archery season. So kind of led into, um, rifle, uh, which I didn't actually hunt that, that area the first, first day. Um, but didn't hear of anyone encountering them. Uh, didn't hear anyone of shooting them. Um, but then later in, in that rifle, I think you might've encountered them. Yeah. Probably was it the, the first 
It was the end of the first week or the end of the second week? I think it was towards the end of the second week because it was actually the day that my grandmother passed away. Because I remember going down there and I remember texting you saying, hey, I'm down here. And I, I wasn't hunting. I was hunting on the ground. It was snowing. And I just, you know, I, you know, no one really cared, probably cares about the story. But, you know, I grew up with my grandparents, basically. I lived with them. And I was like, you know what? I just want to go out. I want to clear my mind and maybe shoot a buck, you know, on, mm-hmm. on, on this day. And these doe come shooting through. And it, it's in the area where we had that cell camera. Mm-hmm. The doe came through and I was resting up and I go, oh, okay. I can't, they were just moving pretty quickly. And it was through a couple of real thick little trees. And then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, he came and he, he was moving. And I had the crosshairs like, on him as he was running. I remember texting you going, it just happened so fast. And I didn't want to just, like you said, like other people up there just start tossing the lead. And I, I regretted it, but I didn't regret it. And I just remember going, okay, get on their track, see if you could follow them. Maybe you could like sneak up. So I was like still hunting, just walking Mm -hmm. really slow and seeing. And I remember at one point I I didn't hear anything and I was stopping. I was glassing. I was looking, looking, looking. And all of a sudden, boom, I saw the, them going down and they dropped down that below that big side of hill mm-hmm. where your dad usually hunts with like in that one rifle stand up where he shot a couple mm-hmm. deer. And I was just like, I, well, I'm not chasing them up over all that spot. And I just remember, all right, pack it in, just walk back up. You know, it was just, I wanted to hunt the morning mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm pretty sure it was him because again, it was that tall white rack and really in that area, that was the only buck that we still kind of were seeing Yep. or we knew of. Yeah. So yeah, that was like the last encounter I think that we really. Yeah. Probably the 2020 season. Yeah. So then, you know, we didn't do, we didn't do a ton of, there was a lot of snow yeah, in February, ton. March, and there was a lot of ice on the mountains. So we weren't really able to get out there and put a lot of boots mm-hmm. in the ground. I know another spot we went out that one day and it was just, <laughs> we got, we, walk it was, it we, was, I was actually funny. Cause some of those photos popped up in like the, you know, my iCloud, whatever, just like some memory days. I'm like, what were we thinking? <laughs> you know, cause you're we walking were, through probably a foot and a half. Oh, I mean, for me, know, it was up least. to my thighs, you know, for you, yeah. it's your ankles, but you know, for me, it was my thighs. Yeah, yeah, so we didn't get to do a lot of scouting. I didn't, and then I didn't do a lot of shed hunting mm-hmm. that uh, that spring as well. Um, especially too, I had a newborn, so I wasn't able to get out as much. And uh, so, letting into the summer, we just kind of did our traditional: get the cameras back out, get inventory. Um, we had the plan of putting cameras out longer yep. and, and kind of getting more inventory after velvet, which we've never really done before because nope. we were afraid of cameras getting stolen and we kind of chanced it this year. I got one, <laughs> which is pretty good for everyone yeah, out there. I know. I will say that. <laughs> um, so, you know, just led to, we, we didn't check them about once a month. So we let them soak for about a month, month and a half until yeah. we really started checking our cameras. And it, what we've talked about before, this is probably our best. Yeah trail camera uh inventory we've ever had um and we had some really nice bucks and again i mean this buck's so characteristic you know there's nothing fancy about him but you know as soon as you see his rack that that's him you know he goes straight up he's not real wide he just Uh, swoops yep he just goes kind of points straight up and uh we had him consistently on our trail camera all summer into the fall i mean it was just almost every day if any every yep. other day in the summertime when he was in velvet 
Um, and then when he shed his velvet, he, I wouldn't say disappeared, but he was very less consistent. Yeah. And that kind of led us to questioning, where is he going? And I remember some of the, the, uh, podcasts we've kind of, I know I brought that up to some of the guests and trying to figure out like, you know, how far is he traveling? We know exactly where he's betting most of the year, you know, his hunting season, some pressure, is he moving? Um, so we, we really didn't know where he was at. Um, but then, you know, I knew where he was betting when he was living there, you know, and I was wondering why he wasn't being as consistent on the cameras, even though we weren't hunting that area much at all. Uh, so we kind of went into this year. We were kind of, we we're kind of bouncing all, all over the place this year. We didn't yeah. really hunt down there as, as much no, as we, we normally did just because the cameras weren't telling us to. Yeah. Um, we weren't seeing does, which we normally did. And I knew my dad and I kind of even did some scouting trips where we were just trying to find some does and we had some, a lot of trouble finding deer. Cause usually even if you're walking around, you might kick a few just that are living around and you didn't even do that. No. So we weren't seeing anything. Um, and then leaning up into my vacation, I, I, uh, kind of went and picked up a couple cameras and I wanted to see, you know, before I, uh, went on those days off of what the cameras were telling me. Um, and I checked a couple and I didn't have that. I think I, I had one picture of him on a mock scrape we made Yep. sometime in November. He came and hit it during the daytime, but that was the only out of three cameras. That was the only time and that was very close to where we had the other camera that he yep. was constantly, constantly on. on. And then we had one on the other Ridge, which we had a couple of nice bucks on. Uh, but not him specifically. Right. Um, so went through my recreation. I, I, I shot a different deer, which we'll get into next episode again, like I said. But uh, so that was the end of my archery season pretty much. I, I didn't really hunt much of my other. I only had one doe tag left, so I kind of wanted to save it for now for I could still go out. So that was kind of the end of archery season. Oh, and then I guess backing up a point, the, the week before my recreation, my dad was hunting um, in a spot similar to where I found the shed, uh, and he did encounter this buck uh, one night. After work, he went in there. He sat. This buck came out of the exact same bedding uh, location that he was kind of in the summer and the fall. Um, kind of worked about 60 yards, never gave him a shot, never answered to any calls. And then just kind of cruised on off. So we knew that he was still living in that location. Um, he just wasn't showing up on where we had the camera location. So we kind of knew that he was still in there. Um, so then after archery, we were transitioning into rifle. Um, we weren't really making a game plan of uh, hunting where he was living just because there's some other hunters that, that usually there, migrate towards that area, that area of yeah. his bedding. Um so it would get very crowded in that location. Uh, I'm talking like you'd be probably within a hundred yards yeah. of like three or four guys. <laughs> like, Cause you know, you walked through, we, we yeah. walked through there one time and I mean, we, every time we popped out of a thicket, it was like orange, orange, yeah. orange, orange. And you're just constantly, if you're just going for a walk, trying to move some deer around, uh, not really doing a drive, but just trying to, get the deer moving. I mean, you're constantly bumping up into guys yeah. with orange. So my dad, um, has shot a, 
you know, a decent buck out of the same uh, tree the last two years in rifle on the first day. So uh, I told him, you know, you got to get back into that side, which is actually the opposite ridge of where this buck is living. Um, so we went down on Thanksgiving morning. We set up a stand. We actually moved it about 60 yards um, just because of where he was seeing deer uh, during the rifle season we wanted to kind of move it towards that direction because there were some deer he couldn't quite uh, pick out or okay. get a shot at because it was too thick. This kind of moved him a little bit closer, a little bit more opening uh, in that location. So we went down, we found a tree. Uh, once we got up, it was seemed pretty perfect. Uh, it wasn't going to be a far shot if he shot, but it, it was it was a good location. So we were pretty excited about it. Um, and then the first day came, like I said, uh, him and my uncle and cousin, they kind of worked down through, uh, before daylight. And like I said, I hung back. There's no point in me going down in there, kind of disturbing anything since I was just going to kind of hang out. So, um, like I said, it got light out. I kind of waited and then I kind of crept into a stand closer to the, to the house just to kind of hang out, see what was moving. If anything was there, uh, and, uh, it was it was cold the first day, but we actually had snow. Yeah. We actually had snow here in central PA, which was nice. Uh, but the wind was howling; it was cold. And uh, I remember I just got up in that stand. I was only in there like fifteen, uh, probably ten, fifteen minutes. And I texted my dad. I said, "You seen anything yet?" And he's like, "Just two does came right under me at first light, and then that's it." And I'm like, "Geez," and you know there was nothing moving, and it was windy, and I just wondered if it was going to be one of those dead days, you know, it just seemed like that, like yeah. where nothing was going to happen. Yep. Uh, just had that weird feeling, but then, um, probably 10, 15 minutes after he texted me that I heard a gunshot and, and, and kind of on this Ridge, uh, you can kind of, it's kind of hard to tell where the gunshots are going, even though, uh, you would think that since there's two valleys that it would echo up one or the other, but you kind of don't have a good picture of where it's coming from. And, I remember waiting a couple of minutes and I texted him and he, uh, I said that you and he texted back <laughs> and he said, yeah, big buck down. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you get, just get all excited, you know? Yeah. And, and that's what I love about, uh, hunting. Like I, I'm almost, I, I like to get kill deer, but like just the fact yeah. that someone you're hunting with gets one and it's just as exciting as if you shoot one yourself. Like, yeah. I mean, there's that joy if you shoot one and harvest it, but I mean, just the, to me, if just being around people that get deer is just yeah. exciting to help them out and, and, and go up to it. I mean, I don't know, especially rifle season. That's just what I really enjoy. Yeah. Well, especially too, it's your dad. And I, I'll say this too, Dimitri, I, I honest to God, man, I, I swear I feel the exact same way because of, like even even when we didn't recover your your deer, like I was so fired up, I was so excited. I just remember calling you and be like, "That was mm. I do that." I like I knew you shot. Uh, you know, even this the when your buck, I was driving back at home that weekend, and I was just like, I felt like I was also like just sad because I, I was so happy for you, but I was sad because I'm like, damn, I want to be there with him. And like, like I want to help you. I want to gut the deer. I want to carry, you know, like resentment, like for myself, like I felt bad, but I was so excited. Like I just knew you shot something. And then same thing with my dad, like my dad, I could picture him. We're standing in the garage and him going, 
yeah. He goes, man, I'm so sorry. I wish it, you know, was you. And I said, Hey dad, I said, man, I'm fired up. He goes, yeah. He goes, you seem more excited than me, <laughs> you know, like, but like, that's how I am. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, you love to be around that because it's someone you care about. And it's just yep. that, that history of, you know, you grew up, like you said, that memory of rifle hunting and here it is. Your dad shot, you know, a buck. It's, yep. it's just cool. Yeah. And it, it was nice. Cause he, he, I called him and then I said, did you get one? And he said, yeah, big buck came up and he said it was only about 20 yards from him and he, he shot and um, he said, it's a really nice buck. And he's like, I, I can see it laying down there. So I know it's dead. And I said, okay. I said, I'm going to get down out of this stand and just work, work my way down to you. And I said, uh, I'll just take my time and um, kind of get down and we'll take care of it. And then we can, slowly get it out we got all day yep and that way we won't mess anyone else up hunting and it was funny because i was and as we were talking uh we heard another shot and and he was um probably the next closest person he knew of was was my cousin yeah and uh he said that has to be luke and then he took another shot and he's like, yeah, that was definitely him. Uh, and then probably about, uh, probably three or four minutes, there was another shot. And, um, so I said, okay, I'm going to get down. And then probably about five minutes later, I was kind of slowly working down towards him. And my dad called and said that my cousin thinks he hit one and then ran, ran down and someone else shot down in the bottom. So, uh, I, uh, I said, okay, well, I know your deer's down. I said, I'll go check on him, you know, see if he hit it or, you know, because you always run into that. Yeah, like We did last year with, <laughs> yeah, with Luke. Poor yeah, Luke, man. I know. Uh, so you worry about, like, if you hit it, was it was it fatally wounded? And then it ran to someone just because, again, like we talked about, there's mm-hmm. guys so close uh, that things can happen like that pretty easily. So I said, well, I'll go check, you know, and if there's a guy, I'll deal with him because he's younger. So uh, if there's an issue. Yeah. So I, I worked my way down and, um, I saw where he shot and it looked like, even though it was probably a 20 yard shot, it looked like he missed. Yeah. Um, there was no blood, no hair and I, but luckily there was snow. Um, and, uh, so you could kind of track where the deer went. I kind of walked down and he he told me where he shot the second time. And then after probably five or 10 yards after that, uh, there was a little bit of blood. Uh, I'm talking micro specks of a couple dots uh, and kind of like in the, the footprints. And I kind of worked it down. I actually saw uh, the other hunter that took a shot. I talked to him. It was actually a, a kid. Uh, I knew who he was. Um, super, super nice kid. And, uh, we kind of chatted about it and I told him that my cousin shot it and, you know, he said it was stumbling coming down and he wasn't going to shoot because, uh, he thought the deer was going to go down, uh, and he didn't want to just finish it off or, you know, as it was going to die for someone else, which I was shocked that a young kid would, <laughs> would say that, you yeah. know, cause most people would shoot it, Blast put it, it down and, and say, Hey, that's mine. Yep. Um, and then he said it was in some th- some thick stuff uh and it was just standing there so he took another shot to try to finish it off he said he didn't even know if it was legal but he said if he would put it down then he would just let whoever shot it first tag it uh then he he went up to it and uh it was still standing there never fell or anything and it took off up over the hill um and then uh so i said well i said well i'm gonna give it some time 
I said, uh, you know, if it's hit, if it's fatally wounded, it will go up there, bed down, and then uh, we'll come back and recover it. So, and he said, yeah, don't worry about it. If you're going to go track it, just kind of, kind of just walk by me. I'll be in my blind. Don't worry about it. Okay. And uh, so we, I told my cousin, I said, okay, just go up and sit in your stand. I said, I'm going to go help my dad and then uh, we'll come back. So uh went over to my dad. He kind of showed me where he shot. I'm like, geez, you could have shot that with a bow. I mean, like I said, he as soon as I got there, he said, we need to have this stand here for archery. Because it's it's like I said, it's a it's a thicket the whole way around on this ridge, but there's a just like a 20, 20 yards on each side of like of all directions in the stand of opening where if the deer transitioned through you'd get a decent shot. Um and he said this buck worked up through this thicket from the bottom, um, and it kind of came out and he said it just kind of stopped at twenty yards. He had a quarter and two slightly um shot, ran maybe 15, 20 yards and just piled up. Um, and I'm like, they're thinking, I'm like, well, where is it? And he's like, let's oh, just down over the hill here. And, and he showed me where he shot and there wasn't a lot of blood at all, you know? And, and then we got like five yards and I could see it laying down there and I'm like, Oh, there it is. And we're walking up to it. And like I said, I got to like five yards of it and I just saw those antlers laying there. I said, I said, that's a, that's a buck that we've been after for the last three years. And he's like, really? And I said, yeah. I said, we've had a ton of history with this buck. And I was so excited because, I mean, it's a tank of a yeah. deer. Big body. Holy hell. Huge heck. body. for yeah. the, um, And we haven't had much acorn crop this year. So mm-hmm. I don't know what this buck's been feeding on. Um, but like like I said, his antler so distinctive. It's funny because tonight my dad actually came over and uh, – I gave him the shed that I had because I, I had it sitting uh, in our living room just because, like I said, it's the first shed I really found. Yeah. Um, but I told him that I would give it to him. Uh, but, like, I showed him tonight. You you can see even that, that main beam, just the way the thickness is, uh, even though it's thinner uh, than the, the beam now. Like, you just, just same doubt. features. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty cool. So we were all excited about it uh taking pictures and i just couldn't believe it was, it's kind of weird because i've never had that experience where i've had history with a buck right just because it's just not I it's think, not yeah like it's not common yeah some people might listen to our podcast and that have land and have the opportunity to w- watch deer grow and watch deer you know have history with that we mm-hmm. never do like i'm i might up at the club but not where we hunt here no no like it's not happening. I know because I I just I, it just it's a weird feeling, you it know. Is. And I I understand that now that people that do have that history, yeah. And then when it's finally over, it just you don't know what to feel, right? You don't know if you're excited or if you're kind of sad. Well, that that <laughs> it's funny. Ch- I sent the pictures to to have that. I said Greg shot a deer. I said that we've had on camera for the last three seasons, and she goes, "No way." And then, like, I didn't get a chance to respond back yet because, you know, I was hunting. And then she goes, are you mad? And I go, no. I said, I'm thrilled for Greg. I said, yeah. this is awesome. I said, I'm glad it was him and, mm-hmm. you know, not someone else. Oh, yeah, that's what not, I not, not to be whatever, but it's just, it, you know, yeah. like you said, it's one of us that shot it. Yeah, know? and we put the time and the effort in that, yeah. that location. Um, but it was just, I mean, it was weird, the, the, the path. I, like I said, I don't know if he was – he was more towards the location of the does 
So I don't know if it was more if there was feed over that direction more where he was living or if it was the does or the pressure or, you know, so I don't know what led him there. Um, and for him to be that old. So I thought for him to be four and a half this year, uh, that's what was my guess, which is very odd for a buck to be there on the mountain. So, you know, he definitely had a, a hiding spot that didn't get a lot of pressure for him to survive that many years up there. And, uh, you know, he just made a mistake that opening morning and, you know. Well, it was very, like you said, like it was extremely windy where I was. It was mm-hmm. cold. It was windy here. Uh, I just think if, if there was not snow on the ground, it just would have been a little bit better for him because it could have blended in a little bit better. Yeah, so uh, so we got it back and, you know, I was, I was telling him the whole time and, I mean, uh, I said, man, you got to get this thing mounted. Yeah. I said, you know, we just never had a history with a buck. I mean, like I said, it's not going to score real high, but, you know, it's a cool-looking buck. I said, you just never know if you're going to shoot one bigger than this, you know, and I said, it's just going to be cool to have on your wall, yeah. you know, and he he agreed, and um, so as one of the guys we, we uh, bear hunt with, he he is a taxidermist. So he oh, nice. Came, he came up, and uh, we hung the deer up, and he was going to skin it out for us where we wouldn't mess anything up, and he he was tagged out already, so he didn't mind. And he came up, and I was telling him about the history and, and you know, finding the shed and how old I thought and, you know, and uh, and he was, like, thinking about it. But then we, we took the the um, the antlers off, um, and he was checking out the skull and the, the teeth of the deer, and he he thought the deer was five and a half. Okay. That was, that was his guess. Like I said, you know, based off history, I thought four and a half. He probably knows a lot more than me. He goes... No, based off the thickness of that skull, I mean, I would probably deem it five and a half, which is crazy. Um, so we 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 know for sure he's probably four and a half, five and a half, um, which even makes it pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, so it was pretty pretty awesome first day. You know, we kind of took our time getting back, and you know, we we were probably three fourths of the way back, and we just sat on a log and. You know, we were just kind of reminiscing about rifle hunting and, you know, we almost, we have this huge buck, you know, on the cart here, we're wheeling back and we're telling stories about other bucks that we kill. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that kind of just, you know, what makes hunting seasons all about, you know, and it was, it was a fun first day, that's for sure. Yeah. And it's just crazy just having that many trail cam pictures of how many we've had, um, and how far that deer moves you know because we had them on a couple different uh trail camera that were pretty yeah i mean i bet you two of them were probably three quarters if not more uh, of a mile apart and this is just kind of summer pattern which they normally wouldn't probably move as far but you know that's just kind of how they move on that that mountain and um you know, we're starting to figure it out a little bit, you know, because we talk about that, how we're kind of learning each year. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like we ever have anything figured out, right? right. They're deer, they're going to move and, and different, but we're really starting to piece things together now. Um, and, you know, we'll get that in, like I keep saying, we'll get into that next episode, but, you know, why yeah. even though I was successful on my buck kill. Yeah. Um, but even though we've had struggles, you, you constantly learn. Yeah, it, you hit the nail on the head there because actually before you know Jim came on, told his story, 
Uh, I had a chance to talk to Jim a couple minutes uh, earlier this evening, and I said to him, man, I wish I was meeting up with you guys later this week just for the camaraderie. I mean, would I love to have killed something? 100%. But at the same time, I just wanted to be around, you know, because mm-hmm. Total Archer Challenge was just a blast. But I said to Jim, I said, Jim, even though I haven't killed anything yet, I ha- I didn't really have a lot of opportunities. I had zero opportunities during archery season, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh even on a doe, but I was in the right. I know this is going to sound like people are going to be like, dude, you're an idiot. But the cameras that I, I hunted a lot in or around where I found fresh sign, maybe I just missed a deer by a a day or Mm -hmm. a couple days or just something along those lines. Like something was missing. However, I was, I was in it. Mm -hmm. And kind of like what you and I were just talking about of back at home, there's just a different spot where we're finding fresh sign where my dad and I never thought a to hunt or two, not necessarily two to look. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've got a little bit more of information of finding things out uh, that maybe have led to these bucks more living in this different spot. So not to, to say I'm, I'm ang- well, I am just because I, I'm, I'm, I want to learn. I want to get better. I'm anxious for the season to be over and like it to be March and April so that I could, go scout this area to see how these deer move because just from Sunday, I mean, there was rubs galore up in this one other area. And I know for a fact, because uh, I saw the deer with my own eyes at, I mean, not past shooting light, but of this big nine point plus walking up there, you know yeah. what I mean? And I'm just, yes, I didn't kill anything. However, I've learned a ton this year. I felt like this is a year and I'm, I'm to it's, Monday the 29th and I'm finally frustrated (laughs) (laughs) like like before I was just riding it I'm like you know what it is what it is I had opportunity like you know opportunities to go out and hunt I was on like you know I would get a good picture of a deer on Monday and the next best win would be Wednesday I would go out Wednesday nothing would happen you know what Mm -hmm. I mean it's so it's not like I didn't hunt I hunted as hard as I could yep with the opportunities I had uh, just, just nothing came about. But again, like you said, Demetri, I learned a ton and I just felt like I've, I figured out my system a little bit better. You know, we, we, we had uh Ryan on of talking about you, you're got to get that woodsman, you know, attributes up. You got to mm-hmm. just be able to understand how to move and, and just get those everyday woodsman attributes. I feel like I'm, I'm slowly getting, I'm, I'm chipping away at that. And if that's a season that I need to chalk that up to this year. Okay. You know? Yeah, I don't know, and I, I think the best hunters out there. I mean, they're just not satisfied each year, right? Yeah. I mean, you could easily, if you have a good year, right? You kill a couple of deer, and you could just say, "Oh, I got this thing figured out. I'm just gonna right. do similar things next year." But that's probably not the case. Right. Not if you hunt pressured public land. You know, you can go do the same things year after year. You might have some good years and some bad years, but you know, if you want to get better and improve you got to stay hungry, yeah. you know, and it's easy to do that when you, you don't kill anything. Right. Yeah. Because you're like, ah, next year I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna yeah. do better. But if you have success, you know, and you think, uh, the deer are going to pattern and move the same way. Well, that's probably not the case. So yeah. you, you really got to just kind of find that motivation year after year to kind of continue learning, to continue growing and, and kind of refigure things out, which you might have to do. Yeah, and uh, not to backtrack, but uh, just to talk about my cousin's deer, because I kind of <laughs> let a cliffhanger <laughs> there. Uh, 
so once we got my dad's deer back and and uh, kind of got it taken care of, uh, we wanted to give that deer time, so we went back. Mm-hmm. Um, it was after lunchtime. We uh, picked up the blood trail. Like I said, it was probably, like I said, 30, 40 yards. We found just kind of a couple sprinkles of blood. You know, with the snow, that's not really much at all. Yeah. I mean, if it was probably leaves, we probably wouldn't have seen really any blood at all. Um, we picked up the the, the track and uh, probably trailed it maybe another 30 40 yards and i'm talking one pin drop of blood in the the tracks for 30 40 yards so not really any blood at all yeah um he must have flesh wounded i mean must have just barely grazed the deer um definitely not a fatal hit yeah um and uh we uh tracked it up over the hill down over the next ridge we we were just really going really slow, um, really stealthy. Uh, eventually saw a deer just jump out of the the laurel and kind of take up over the hill. Might have been him, might have been another deer, hard to say, but uh, that deer definitely wasn't oh. fatally wounded. Um, like I said, it, it was the most minute blood that we've ever seen. Uh, like I said, if it wasn't snow, we wouldn't have seen any at all. So um, that was the story on that, nothing too significant yeah. but you know uh to go off of that i mean i put him where we were seeing um a couple of those bucks yeah. uh where i one i saw a lot of does when i was scouting at the end of this the archery season and then we checked the camera and then i and it kind of goofed and uh didn't check both folders oh, yeah. on the camera and <laughs> but then you checked it and yeah. after the season Ooh. And there were some nice bucks really going nice. at, in where the does. And I think that's another moral, which we can get into more when we yeah. talk about archery next episode. Um, you know, sometimes it's, if you can find the does, you know, they're not going to, you know, especially early in October, they're not going to probably move too far in November, right? That's yeah. kind of where they're going to be living. And that's where you kind of need to be in that rut, yeah. that rut. So, you know, sometimes getting trail camera pictures of, does consistently yeah. through the year is just as important as finding yeah. those bucks um you know for the later rut season yeah. right and and that that's where we're finding a little bit more success yep. and if we find those does we're finding bucks yeah at that time and uh i think that's going to be a strategy moving forward for us yeah uh, especially with the areas we hunt Absolutely. Well, to wrap it up, I will say for my two day of hunting uh, over the weekend for rifle season, it was not eventful. <laughs> it was the kind of the, the way the season's been going. Saturday was extremely windy back at home. Uh, I mean, I'm talking 13 miles an hour to 10 at the lowest. I know it doesn't sound like much, but up there, uh, those deer, if I, I said this to Dimitri, when, when, People think about rifle season and deer running all over the place. This is not the case up there. Uh, there's not a lot of people moving. It's basically archery hunting still, but with a rifle, and the deer are moving in their natural ways unless somebody's moving. And uh, Saturday, I didn't see anything. Not a, I didn't see a bird until 4 o'clock. So uh, thank goodness I had some black rifle coffee and a lot of beef jerky and, and uh, some fruit with me. And then... Saturday night I looked and we saw that we were getting some snow and I said to my dad, Hey, the wind is dying down to basically like nothing. I said, those deer are going to go down to the bottom. 
They're going to feed. They're going to work their way back up, especially with the snow. I'll see them moving. Hopefully I get a shot opportunity. And uh, where I hunt, uh, you're not allowed to shoot a doe. So it's either buck or, or nothing, which is kind of, it's tough. I get it. But uh, it was about seven, uh, a little after seven. Boom, right where I was staring, I saw a ton of deer coming up. It was a nice herd, small herd of doe. A couple does, about eight, and saw a couple more later on. And then uh, my dad just slowly walked around and uh, all around the other side that we normally didn't hunt. Last year, I hunted it a little bit, and I saw a couple deer. Uh, but because of cameras this year were telling me to stay where I normally where I was two years ago, uh, I didn't get a chance to go on that other side. And uh, so that whole other side was basically left alone. And my dad's going, you should see the tracks over here, blah, 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 blah. He kicked out a couple deer, but nothing came down my way except a coyote. Didn't get a shot because it was through thick stuff, and it was just it was moving way too fast. I'm not, I'll admit I'm not as, uh, proficient quick with a rifle, you know, as some people are. Uh, so I didn't get a shot opportunity. And by that point in time, we worked our way back up, stayed up top for a little while and called it a day basically. And I drove home. So very uneventful. Jim told his story. I was super pumped. Kind of like what we were just talked about earlier. You know, when he called your message, I was excited and, uh, I called him because I was just, I, you know, I want to hear the excitement. That's where I'm at. Again, I could finally say I'm finally frustrated, but at the same time, just sharing, hearing stories about our my friends, it it cheers me up more than <laughs> than you think. So I'm excited about that. So, but yeah, next week we are on episode 100. <laughs> Holy cow, man! Crazy. I never thought that. <laughs> I, I'll like. You I'll, thought that would have lasted that long? No, I wouldn't have. No, <laughs> no way in hell. Um, so I, I just, you know, Dimitri, on on behalf of, you know, one thing, I always, I mean, he knows, but I, he means the world to me, and for all that he does, and and his family, and and Mike, and and Jim, and uh, just all you listeners that that do listen, and I know most of you are my friends and uh, our friends, and it just, uh, it's awesome that we get a chance to just do this and talk hunting once mm-hmm. a week at least and twice a week on if we're when we're lucky uh and uh, especially our, our loved ones because I, I know for the most part we probably drive them nuts <laughs> just talking about deer 365 <laughs> days but uh man it's it's been a whirlwind 100 episodes so to our our thank you uh i hope we could give one you know i we thought about it i th- i still think we just give the big package i think so um just to make it easy on on us for shipping and all that type of stuff we're going to do a a big giveaway i brought it up uh in one of the i guess the exit uh or beginning of of our one last week's podcast but we have a you know thank you so much to all our partners and people that believe in what we're doing and help us out and uh whether it's the podcast and just anything and everything uh, you know, just thank you from the bottom of our hearts, but we got tethered with a phantom saddle. We got uh black rifle coffee. We got vortex, some swag from them. We got rec broadheads, uh, which are their fixed broadheads. Uh, awesome head. I actually, um, uh, let, a, let a friend shoot one of their mechanicals and they're awesome. They're great. And did a, did a, did a job pretty easily and handily. Uh, what else we got, Dimitri? We got a bourbon barrel, a grunt tube to give away, custom. We have 
something I I have to look. We have a, we have a bunch <laughs> of stuff, man. Also, we're gonna give away one of our antler up hats that we have left hanging around. So look, be on the lookout for that. We're gonna post uh, probably this Friday some details about that and do a giveaway for maybe couple days into December after the hundredth episode. So people could see it. So, yeah. So there we go. We're, uh, we're getting down to the thick of things. Everybody we're getting down to the final days of, I guess you could call it the regular season, you know, mm-hmm. regular archery is done obviously. And we got rifle season winding down already, even though it just started, uh, it's not very long. So two weeks and then, uh, day after Christmas is the flintlock and extended. So yeah, best of luck. If you're still hunting, Still like me, still struggle busting it, you know, hitch a ride, I guess, <laughs> put that quarter in and here we go. But uh, uh, kind of stealing the words of our boy Bill, you know, the best is yet to come, I guess. And whether that's killing something or it's, again, learning uh, during the off season with, with your scouting, it's the best is yet to come. So best of luck to everybody. Thank you for listening. Till next time, Antler up. And that's a wrap for another episode of the Antler Up Podcast. Thank you so much for checking this episode out. We hope you like what you heard. Best of luck to you, those of you that are still hunting. Check us out over at antlerupoutdoors.com. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, Go Wild accounts, and our YouTube. Thanks again, everybody. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Hopefully you knocked a buck down with a rifle or a doe, whatever you're after. And uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for the support. Antler Up.